find anybody you can reach by your side at the front behind you on the other side of the church shake the person say thank god you came the name of this church is mercy assembled the bulwark of truth and i thank the lord that i have the privilege to be right by your side at church service today and i know that your side is a good side or better still i believe i strongly believe that your side will be a good side <laughs> glory to god blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly nor standeth in the way of sinners nor seated in the seat of the scornful. Psalm 1 and verse 1. Tell the person, I believe your seat is on the seat of the scornful. <laughs> Glory to God! If I had my life to live all over again, I would get born again damn conceived in my mother's womb. So that when I'm born to the world, I become spontaneously born of God. Having been born into the world and born of God the same day. There is a new birth that affords the privilege of a heavenly and a divine origin. There is a new birth in Christ Jesus by the, by the which you and I become outstanding possessors of eternal life. The giftings of the grace of God are beyond human words. What redemption has done for the person who believes is beyond human estimation we have been graced we have been blessed we have been favored we have been empowered we have been changed we have been forgiven we've been healed we've been endowed with the life of god such tremendous spontaneous drastic and total change god has brought our way thank god for the grace of god amen somebody lift your hands and say thank god for the grace of god lift your hands and say thank god for the grace of god it's a privilege. Too many times it's a wrong emphasis we have at the body, in the body of Christ, at church services. The emphasis is to attempt to get from God something we desire. But the Bible emphasis is the fact that something happened nobody can deny. That Christ died and paid by his blood and all that have faith in Christ Jesus are born of the spirit of God is something that nobody can deny. To them that received him, John chapter 1 and verse 12, to them he gave the power to become, to be called, to be allotted the position, the authority of being sons of God, children of God, those who are born of him. It describes this, John 1 and verse 13, that these people are not born of the will of man. They are not born of the will of flesh. They are not born of blood. But they are born of God. The man that believes that Jesus Christ is the son of God is the man that is born of God. First John and chapter 5. To be born of God means to be begotten from above. To be born from the beginning of the first of the spiritual. Say, I am born of God if you are. Say to yourself, I am born of God. Being born of God is the greatest privilege you would ever be able to encounter here upon the face of the earth and being a Christian is the ultimate. Thank God for what it means to be a Christian. First Timothy chapter 1 verse 7 says refuse profane and always fables but rather exercise thyself unto godliness. Make practice of godliness. 
make practice of Christianity, make adequate use, maximally utilize the principles of Christianity. I shared something very wonderful on Friday. If you were not at church, I will pick the tape. My son, he says that 2 Timothy 2 and verse 1, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Harness every opportunity. Harness every opportunity. Explore, exploit. Make use of every strength that the grace of God provides. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. It is not about being strong in yourself. It is not about being strong in your prayer life. It is not just about being strong in church attendance. It's about being strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the grace of God. The right principles of operation. The right channel and pathway of action. Be strong in the Lord. Tell somebody be strong in the Lord. 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 Many of us are very strong in ourselves. We are very strong in our religious faculties. We are very strong in the things we do to please the Lord. We are very strong in religious observations and tenets. But God's word says to be strong in the Lord. Glory to God. First Peter chapter 3 Glory to God. Verse 18. For Christ also hath once suffered for sins that just for the unjust that he might bring us to God being put to death in the flesh but quickened by the spirit. Amen. First Peter chapter 4 and verse 1 For as much then as Christ hath suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. Arm yourselves with the same mind. It's on the ground and platform of your mind that you are either whipped or victorious. You need a mindset that is congruent with the reality of the crossed pact. Did you hear me say this to you? Just follow. Don't, don't be scared of the things I say. Just, just follow. You need a mindset that is congruent with the realities of the agreements brokered by the cross of Jesus. Very simple thing. You must be in consonance by faith and conviction with all that Christ has freely procured, purchased, provided by the cross. Have you seen this one? First Peter chapter 4. It is important that Christ suffered for us in the flesh. It is the cardinality of revelation. But he says the Christian ought to arm himself 
It's an armor. The principles of biblical armor is funny. Oh, when I said the principle of biblical armor is surprising. Biblical armor is not about having some strength to, to fight somebody. Biblical armor is about standing fast in what God has done for you. Amen. The way to arm yourself, for example, is to be convinced in your mind that Christ has suffered for you once in the flesh. I was thinking of 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12. Fight the good fight of faith. How do I fight the good fight of faith? He says, lay hold on eternal life. The way the Christian ought to fight, for example, is to be strong in eternal life. It's opposed, it's at variance. It's different from the way of the world. The way to fight, for example, is to turn your back on your enemies and lay hold on the life of God. I've not seen this kind of fight before. The way to fight, for example, is to turn your back in battle and to lay hold on your God outside battle. The way to stand according to Ephesians chapter 6 verses 10 through 17. 17 is to stand and be resolute in the truth and to be non-shiftable. To be fixed. Arm yourselves. Let your mind be definite, articulate, and strong in what Christ has freely procured. You need it. You need this mentality. You need this culture. You need this procedure of practice. You need this mind operation. You need this conviction. You need this persuasion. Why? For he that had suffered in the flesh hath ceased from sin. Second Peter chapter 3 and then verse 18. Glory. Glory. Hallelujah. Hey. Are you shaking church? Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 18. Have you seen this? I have chosen the title The End of All Things. By the end of all things, I want to ask you briefly what exactly has been your aim of Christianity? I think the kind of um, impulse, whatever impute, physical, solica, spiritual, whatever impute, financial, business-wise, academic, marriage, that is going to be fructifying within the perimeters of a very short time and beneficial to its managers or users is the one that has a definite end right at the inception. What exactly do you want to achieve by being a Christian? 
What's your goal? What's your aim? Where are you looking to? What, what target? What's your target? You are a Christian? Alright. Now where are you going? For being a Christian, where are you heading? And in avoiding your spiritual discovery as a Christian, the question also becomes, what exactly is the end of spiritual labors? I read my Bible, I pray in the Holy Spirit, I come to church. To what end? So it's been titled, The End of All Things. Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 18. Are you sure you came to church today? Right. But grow in the things you think are right. Grow in church attendance. A man has not prayed all day has not had time to read his Bible. He's been very busy. But when he comes late to church, he says, Pastor, please don't, don't be angry with me. I'm sorry. I, I'm very sorry. It's just that um, I've been very, very busy. I've been caught with the snag of domestic chores. I'm, I'm sorry. To him, coming to church is more important than making progress. A man has been so busy to read his Bible. He's been so busy to study the word of God. He's been so busy to pray in the Holy Spirit. To practice Christianity. And then he does not come to church for two weeks. And he feels he's condemned already. He's not condemned because he has not made any, any meaningful progress in his spiritual life. He's only condemned because he's falling short of the glory of religious acceptance. Is it about religious tenets? Or spiritual progress. You must make up your mind. Are you set to grow in Christ? Or grow in church? This is the question we must ask Christians. Who are more fervent serving the church. Than fervent serving God. There are many of us who are so busy. Working for the Lord. That we have forgotten the Lord of the work. Religion will keep us. Within the confines of churchianity. And take us off the confines of Christianity. So I give my tithes. I give my offering. But I don't walk in love. I give my tithes. I give my offerings. But I don't pray in the spirit. I come to church regularly. I'm at all programs. But I find it difficult to read my Bible. Christianity is about growth. Individualized growth. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 6 As ye have therefore received the Lord Jesus Christ Continue in him As you have therefore received the Lord Jesus Christ Continue Have you seen this? In him rooted, built up, established of faith as you have been taught about it in the same. Colossians 2 and verse 7 with thanksgiving. Colossians chapter 2 and then verse 8 right now. You may see put your fingers at 2 Peter. Colossians 2 and then verse 8. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. 
after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. There's something about Christ as the very substance of Christianity. And Christ is a person. And what he has done is a deed done. Such that it's a personal encounter that brings this to be upon anybody's life. No matter who you are. Second Peter 3 and verse 18. But grow in what? Grace. Grow in grace. How does a man grow in grace? A man grows in grace by taking advantage of the grace to develop, to mature, to improve understand to become better grounded more stable more fixed more consistent more concise in his phenomenal appreciation and approval or appraisal of the grace of god he delves into the grace he expands in the grace he broadens in the grace grow in what in grace Hebrews 13 and verse 9. He say, it says, Be not carried about with divers and strange doctrines. It's a good thing for the heart to be established with grace. The grace of Christ. The finished work at Calvary. The ultimate work on the cross. What God has accomplished through Christ Jesus. Growing grace. And in the knowledge. Have you seen the knowledge? Of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You know. Grow in grace. The knowledge. Have you seen it there? Grow in grace. Which is the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Never say to yourself. There's a difference between the grace of God. And the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. There's this contention somewhere. Somebody said there's a difference between the grace of God and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So we said, all right, let's agree. So now define the grace of God. Define the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Say, yes, I'm going to get it very well this way. The grace of God is X, Y, Z. And he said also, the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is also X, Y, Z. There's no difference. Because the grace of God is the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Titus 2 and verse 11. The grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men. And this grace of God that bringeth salvation is the death of Christ. Concomitant or corresponding or simultaneous or paipasu. Resurrection and benefits accruing to anyone who comes by faith. Faith in the same Christ Jesus and in his death. Grow in grace. As you have received Jesus, continue in him. Grow in grace. Spiritual growth is about improvement. Spiritual growth is about multiplication. Spiritual growth it's about increase. Spiritual growth is about rapid moribund expansion. Spiritual growth is about um, development. 
But spiritual growth is not growth of spirit. Spiritual growth is not growth of spirit. Spirits don't grow. What happens in spiritual growth is that our minds develop as we appreciate from the world spiritual faculties we possess in Christ by his death and resurrection. Spiritual growth is the growth or development of our minds in line with the word as we are praised with the word of God by the Holy Spirit's teaching ability such that our minds grasp the truth of the contents of our spirits because our spirits have been made new in knowledge after Christ our Savior. Growth is procedural. Growth is operational. Growth is practicable. But, but, growth comes as a result of the process. Physical growth, for example, does not just come because you've ingested food substances. Physical growth never results or occurs in human cells because you've been able to appraise aesthetically on a surface value-wise some food substance. Now you don't find yourself at some fast food outlet. Beautiful, beautiful window shopping. You just go around the glass and go around all the containers and all the confinements of the food. You even go very close by appreciating the extremely beautiful aroma of these expensive and exotic rare to find international delicacies and then be filled with food. There is a process and the process must be articulated towards result. There is a process. Something must be done practically. Something must be done rightly. Something must be done articulately. Something must be done consistently. Something must be done well. It is possible to believe and believe in vain. It is possible to believe and not be a Christian. It is possible to believe in Christ and not be born again. <laughs> Some folks believe that Christ is Lord. And that's all. Some folks believe that Christ is good. And that's all. Some folks believe that Christ saves. And that's all. Some folks believe that Christ can save them. And that's all. Some folks believe that Christ can heal. And that's all. 
You must believe in Christ that he died for your sins and that he rose again and with your mouth confess his lordship for with the heart man believeth unto salvation. With the mouth confession is made unto righteousness. First with the heart then there is an admittance. First Corinthians chapter 15 verses 1 through 4. Matthew's Gospel 15, verses 7 through 9. James 2 and verse 19. The devils also believe and they tremble. Vain worship is practicable. Vain to no end. These people honor me with their lips. They draw near to me. No. They actually draw near with their lips. They honor me with their mouth. But their hearts are far from me. In vain. In vain. It says not given he Titus 1.14 to Jewish commandments and fables that turn away from the truth. 1 Timothy 1 4, neither giving heed to fables and endless genealogies which minister questions than godly edifying in the faith. So do. Vain worship. Ladies and gentlemen, it is possible to put every faculty in position and have no growth at all. There is a right channeling of spiritual resources before growth would ever come. It has to be done the way it ought to be done. I saw somebody African with partial stroke or whatever you call it. One side of the body paralyzed some years ago. And this person who eats and each bolus of mass of food that moves to the right to the left side of the mouth dropped off. You know, in, in chewing or mastication or food crushing or eating, you chew from side to side. You chew from side, you chew from here to this side and push it back in a way to emulsify or to, or to mix it with um, tiling or whatever you call it in your salivary gland. So you chew from this way to that way. Now this person's body was so ill with stroke that when the chewing moved from the right to the left, it dropped off the side of the person's lips and fell off to the earth. Now this food out of the mouth to the earth has not even been ingested in the first place. It's not about just eating. It's about eating the right food the right time eating well eating adequately and the food must get into your bloodstream. There must be something there must be an encounter. Ladies and gentlemen, it looks to me as if if resources are not rightly channeled, come 
going to church, reading your Bible or praying would be a waste. Rightly channeled, rightly, rightly articulately harnessed. It must be done the right way and programmed to fit the right place or it's no use. Number one, the Christian must established spiritual resources. Spiritual resources. <laughs> what are the things that aid growth? Spiritual resources. Things that aid growth. Things that aid spiritual growth. What are the things? The child of God must identify what food is. The right kind of food. The pure nutrient containing Share or mitigated rights, appropriate, proportional, unmitigated, unpolluted, and unadulterated food. Resources, spiritual resources, things that will help me, things that will add up to me. There are several things that we are doing in the body that don't add up to us at all. They don't add up. Amen. Once I preached at the all-night prayer meeting and I said, there are several people who have been blackmailing God over the years. They've said, we've been praying all night and praying all night and praying all night. We've not gotten results. And I said, there is nothing special about the night. It's even possible you pray all night and achieve nothing. And you may just pray one second about the day. It's doing the right thing at the right hand. God is never co-opted or cajoled to do what he will not do by his word. He's a God of principles. There are some folks who come for the all-night prayer meeting and they sleep all through. Come for the all-night prayer meeting disillusioned and tired and fatigued and let low and they sleep all through. And they, they finish say, oh boy, go why won't you answer me? Now he slept all through. Why do you think God should be subjectively put under mandate to answer him because he, he slept all through the night? There are some all-night prayer meeting at churches where all they do is have drama all night. Some folks come for all night singing. Some other folks will come for all night discussion. Some folks go all night quarrel settling. It's an all night meeting to discuss who becomes Esco. You say you've prayed all night. Just because you started out, Father, help us be with us, see us through. Six o'clock, Father, help us be with us, see us through. What did you pray about? Spiritual resources must be identified. Now, and the way to identify a useful spiritual resource or resource fellow is from the Bible. It's by the Bible you are able to see an advantage to be derived from whatever or whosoever. It is not about personalities. It's about the word. It's about you in Christ. I must identify spiritual resources. I must identify spiritual resources. Spiritual resources are not identifiable by their characters. They are not identifiable by their intrinsic substances. You don't even understand spiritual resources by what the resource itself has to offer. You don't identify spiritual resources 
by such resources power to advertise or convince you you have a need of it you only identify a spiritual resource material by the word it's the word that dictates what is right what is consumable what is useful what is ideal what is good what is good supporting for you it is not you or your church it's the word of god that tells you this is right for you to be ingested spiritually It is not about a church confinement. It's about the Bible. Because there are many churches that offer nothing to anybody. I was thinking about a message. What do you call a good message? I think what people call a good message is based on their moods. Look at their moods. Some folks came into church today very angry. Some came sad. Some came hungry. Some came sleeping. Some came disillusioned. Some came expectant to hear something back home. Some came waiting for a phone call and the phone is just by their side. So a good message is not always determined by what is being preached. It's always determined by people. A good message most times is what people love to hear. A good message is what they know. <laughs> I don't know what is happening in the church. Each time you come to church, you want to hear what you know. Once you hear what you don't know, you hate the church. I don't like that church. Oh. It's heretic. Why? They preach why I don't know. And you, have, you don't know anything. Do you know? It's funny. It's for you don't read your Bible, you don't pray in tongues, and your pastor who reads his Bible and prays must preach what you know. That means he must preach nothing. You're unbelieving, you're always scared, scared of rats, scared of cockroach, scared of the wind, scared of the night, scared of the wall, scared of yourself, scared of witches and demons, scared of everything, scared of the anything, scared of anything. And your pastor, bold in the Lord, must preach what you know. He must be a representative of your weak Christian life. And once he's not, so he's too hard. He's too much. Do you know what makes a good message? A message that makes us laugh. With some jokes. Popular jokes. A message drifts into marriage. Into relationship. A message drifts into football. A particular digression into the Champions League. Something, something, and we just laughed. <laughs> it was too powerful. It was, that child was too glorious. A good message is determined by the Bible standard. It's by the word, you know, this is right. Ladies and gentlemen, you don't determine a good food by its name. The taste of the pudding is in the eating. There must be eating. You don't determine a good food by the cook. You don't determine a good pastry shop by its outlook. You taste it. You put it in your mouth. You taste it. It's what the world you are able to test and analyze. You are able to have a litmus test. Is this right? The reason why preachers today have left the truth of the word and the sincerity of doctrine 
in a pursuit of skills in entertainment skills in oratory special skills in looks like models some pastors are models special skills in being romantically winsome special skill in merchandising in advertisement in being entrepreneurs is because many christians call a good message what a good man preaches at them whatever a good message preaches a good man preaches becomes a good message a young man said to me he said any church a woman pastors i will attend he said this to me any church a woman pastor i will attend i said conclusion stand here why he said i can't imagine women just preaching like this i'm preaching like this very beautiful to behold you know some pastors come to church with some tight fit body hugs pastors so they come with muscles the word of god is actually like mr atlas then he say, Oh, oh, praise the Lord. About what? Some ladies have reasons where they attend church and they know. And they know. And they know and they sell it. They say, Hey, that church, I love that church. Oh, that church is very beautiful. I love the church. Ah, the church is very handsome. How can church be handsome? No, tell me, how can the church be handsome? See, I get what is too, it's too fine. You know, at times you come to church, you see something like this, you just learn like you say, ah! Here's a beauty contest. I'll come again. The church is very beautiful. Is it the church or the people? People have said to us in this church before, get people to come. Get them to, so they can bring people. How will they do it? Spiritual resource material that is ideal for you is biblically determined. It's from the word you know a good thing. This is a good thing. This is viable. This is good. This is strong. This is potentially vibrant. It will minister to me. A good word. Ladies and gentlemen, if you must be able to identify a good word, you must know the word yourself. If you must be able to know the good word of God, you must be born of the spirit of God. You must yourself have some labor in the things of the spirit so you are able to determine this is right or wrong. This is good. This is applicable. This is apportionable for growth. Identify resource. Praying in the spirit is good resource material. Because Jude and verse 20 says, But beloved, building yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. First Corinthians 14 4. He that speaks in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth infirmities. Romans 8 26. For we know not what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. First Corinthians 14 17. He that giveth thanks in tongue, giveth thanks well. Ephesians 6 and verse 18 Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching the altar with all supplication and thanksgiving for all saints. Praying in the spirit is good resource material for growth. So when you are encouraged to pray in the spirit, you know, 
something is about to happen to you. See, it's a good impute. When you are encouraged to attend an all night dance, there is no benefit to be added to you. An all night discussion, no benefit. An all night stroll, no benefit. You know, some students are very good readers. They sit by their books two hours and they see nothing for two hours. When they get up, say, Ah, I've read well. So they feel. Some of them sit by their books and sleep 30 minutes and wake. Two minutes and sleep 30 minutes and wake. Three minutes and sleep 30 minutes and wake. Two minutes and sleep one hour and wake one minute and sleep one hour 30 minutes and wake 10 seconds and go back 6 a.m. Say, Hey! Kusibe, Kusibe, Obogorushu, Kusibe, Ha, Kusibe, Hey, Stuffemania, Kusibe, the man is walking tired, tired of sleep. You know, at times I want to be sure I've read my Bible. To be sure you have read your Bible, you must have read it 20,000 times. If I read a chapter of the Bible, I've just, no, it happens. And listen, Claire, it happens. No matter how spiritual you are, you may look at your Bible and there are many reasons why attention span varies. There are many reasons why you may look at something and read for one hour and forget everything you have read. At times it comes in those residual. At times it's subconscious. You look at it like this. You've read first Peter, second Peter. You can't remember anything. Go over it again. You have not read till you have read. I saw somebody who was failing and failing and failing and had become a professional jambite, jam student. I said, Stand here. Do you have the books required for those courses? I don't have money to buy the books. Do you have an English textbook? I'm using the one I use at GS3. GS3. Do you have a master's book? It's done. Do you have English and government? Said they stole it when they came to steal in our house 10 years ago. You don't even have the material. You don't. Some folks don't have Bibles. Some folks only read Psalms. Some the story of David and his sinful attitude read, known, regurgitated, remembered in their hearts. It must be the right thing you are reading the right way. Do you know what happens to us? At times, you are at a church service like this and for one hour, all I'm saying flies above your head and this is where it ends. Bite it, I'm broke. Come again, I'm busy. So after one month, nothing. It's like you never passed through this church. I've seen people before who leave this church after five years, like you never came to this church. They go next door and begin to do things. And I've seen folks who came once, just one encounter. They said this is for real. They went back to become good Christians. Not all that glitter is gold. The right way, the right walk, but the right was produce the right value. You can't get it any other way by channeling spiritual resources. In a, and I'm saying you must identify them. 
If somebody is singing at you, what is he singing? If somebody is entertaining you, you must know. He must know when you are at church for entertainment. He must know when you are at church for politics. He must know when you are at church for the dividends of democracy. He must know when you are at church to discuss the new move of the banking sector. He must know when you are at church to fight. He must even know when you are taught to be angry with the pastor. He must know when you are taught to set your squabbles. Because when you come to church with your mind of fighting over the offering, you are set for that only. I'll continue next week. Jump to your feet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. To what end has been my question? That spiritual resource you have identified, to what end is it? I'll continue next week Sunday. To what end? I'm giving you just one point. Identifying spiritual resource materials. This thing is good. How and why is it good? This input is ideal. Why? This thing I'm hearing is, is, is right for me to take. This word that is being picked at me is just ideal. But why is it so? Only the word the word of God dictates, determines the word of God. 